0: Thank you so much, uh, Shrewsbury First Assembly. You guys know that I love you so much, and I appreciate you. And I want to just say thank you to your wonderful church and pastor for calling me and allowing me to come and share. Obviously, I'm, I'm I'm not new here at all, but I love putting the address in the GPS and allowing God to speak to our hearts and lives. And I'm so thankful for your church and your ministry. You know, I believe that God Is not taken by surprise of the times that we're living in today. And I believe that God wants to speak a message into your hearts and into your lives. So if you're watching, uh, I I encourage you, get a a moment to share this message and what God is wanting to do in hearts and in lives. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. I want to bring you a message simply entitled, Keeping Our Eyes on Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the ministry of your word. God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come and minister to every heart and every life that is tuned in and are there watching through this YouTube channel. Father, we pray that you would move by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you know, if you were here in the sanctuary, i like to move around. I kind of spit a little bit and I sweat. So you are so thankful that you're not sitting in the sanctuary right now. But I've had an opportunity of sharing the gospel, even during this time of the pandemic of us not being able to join with one another. But I still believe that the message of the gospel is still getting out. One of the places I was at virtually these a uh, couple weeks ago was there in India. Um, uh, we were there online with all of the people there ministering the gospel. It saved me a 16 hour trip on the plane to minister the gospel to young people that are impacting Calcutta, India for the glory of God. And I was able to share the gospel, and it was being shared. They're the youngest nation in the world, and people were able to tune in to a click of a button and hear the gospel. I will not be surprised of hearing the reports of churches like yours that are sharing the gospel during this time of how many people are being invited into the kingdom of God. So I encourage you, share this message. Share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, in this message entitled, Keeping Our Eyes on Jesus, we're going to look to a book of the Bible, uh, there in the book of Acts, one verse that literally in this time jumped off the pages and it gripped my heart about the word of, of God that God wants us to be reminded of even during this time, found in the book of Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse number 24. The apostle Paul is writing, and here's what he's saying in the book of Acts chapter 20. He says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Notice what he says there again. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. He says, but my only aim, here's what he says, is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Hear me, even under severe trial, under pressure, under ups and downs, you and I have been given a clear mandate in following Jesus. Now there's a few words that jump off the pages as I read this one verse. The first word is the word however. The word however, when it's used in the English language, introduces a statement that contrasts or seems to contradict something that has been said previously. In other words, Paul's life prior to this statement should have caused him to run in the opposite direction. But it was in the midst of uncertain times where Paul's faith stepped in before his feelings and emotions. Here's why. Because as followers of Jesus, we are not called to quit or run in the opposite direction. The word quitting is not in the vocabulary of a follower of Jesus. In Acts chapter 20, verse 22 Prior to Paul using the term, however, I want you to see what was facing the Apostle Paul. And listen to me. You may be watching and you're facing trials. You're facing uh, 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 maybe health issues. You're facing a financial crisis. Our nation is facing uh, uh, just, just situations that seem to be beyond hope. But I want you to see what the Apostle Paul says, and I believe this is a word for us this morning. He says, and now compelled by the spirit, he says, I'm going to Jerusalem. Now watch what he says, not knowing. How many of you are living in a season right now where you say, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. When will this crisis end? When, when, when will, will, when inequality end and some of us could be, be filled with discouragement, doubt and fear, but not as a believer in Jesus name. Paul says, I don't know what's going to happen to me when I get to Jerusalem, but here's what he says. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. In other words, it's times of uncertainty, we don't run away, we become even more fruitful and locked in to what God has called us to do. Has there ever been a time in your life where the situation that you were going through didn't match your response in a moment? Here's why. Because people of faith were able to see things maybe other people can't see. We're called to be people of the Spirit. Your pastor shared a powerful message last weekend on Pentecost Sunday about a Spirit-filled life. It makes the difference. In the face of uncertainty, life and death, here's what Paul says. Paul says, my only aim. In other words, Paul says, when I don't know what to do, When I don't know where to go, when I'm in a season where I don't have the answers, it is our time to where we must refocus on what God has called us to do. When God gives us purpose, it gives us an aim in order to focus our lives on something that is bigger and greater than ourselves. The picture that comes to mind oftentimes, you get the next slide there, the picture comes with a person that's bow and arrow or the term archery typically when you and I are engaging in activities it brings focus like this and in this picture this guy is or this person is aiming at a target I believe in seasons like this believers we're not called to aim in all different directions but our aim must always be in Jesus come on somebody Our focus must be on the target that God has called us to focus into. You know, oftentimes in seasons like this on our lives, we must say, God, keep my attention and my focus on Jesus. Here's why. Because if we focus on the target, we'll hit the target. When we lose focus, we'll stop being who God has called us to be and to do. God never starts something he's not able to complete. Paul, the writer of the book of Philippians, said these words, that he, God, who began a good work in you, come on somebody, he will see it unto completion. God never starts something he's not able to complete. The Bible often refers to our walk with God or being a follower of Jesus as competition or competing in a race. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 24-25, if we were all live right now, I'll be spitting all over you. Come on, somebody. But 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 and 25 says this. Paul reminds the church in Corinth. Now listen, this church was probably not the church of model. They were doing things and man, that were just beyond even understanding how they were acting and Paul reminded them in the midst of the mess. He said this, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize run in such a way. Don't get excited that you're just in a race. He says, but run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Part of keeping our eyes on Jesus is for the purpose of not just running in the race, but it's the purpose of completing the race. If you're going to even enter this race, I'm talking about the race of following Jesus. Now, not everybody's built to run in this race. This is a different kind of race. But if you're going to run in this race, the first thing you got to do is say, Jesus, my life, belongs to you if you're going to try to run this race in your flesh you're not going to you're not going to finish the reason why we are successful in this race is because the spirit of god is not just running with us the spirit of god is running in us come on somebody the apostle paul said this if i'm going to run this race watch paul's mindset Paul's mindset says in Acts 20, I consider when I think of my life in lieu of what Jesus has done for me and all that he has given me and all that he has blessed us with. Watch what Paul says. I consider my life worth nothing to me. What a powerful statement. I don't know about you, but in oftentimes what keeps us from following Christ is because I wanted to hold on to my life. I thought I valued my life by holding on to it. But those of you that follow Jesus realize this. If you hold on to your life, you'll lose your life. But when you give your life away, you'll gain your life. You know what a powerful statement Jesus makes in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 26. Listen to what what, what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, Whoever God's not looking for superstars. He's looking for anybody that will open up their hearts and invite them in. Whoever wants to be my disciple, meaning follow him, must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life, there it is, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. He says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? I was watching a a documentary, a series. uh, uh, It actually uh, was was sort of, it's called The Last Dance. It followed the Chicago Bulls there in 1998. That was my favorite team back then. Favorite player in the world was Michael Jordan. And this documentary, a 10-part series, it was incredible. And it kind of gave insight to Michael Jordan's life on the basketball court and outside of the basketball court. It was was unbelievable. I watched the clean version on ESPN2. Come on, somebody. But during the series, it, it actually gave me a different perspective on what drove Michael Jordan to success. What drove him to success was that his focus and aim was this. I'm not just thankful that I'm on an NBA team. I'm not just thankful that I'm playing basketball, but his drive was that I wanted to win the championship. I wonder if this series, The Last Dance, was not about Michael Jordan. I wonder if it was the last dance of the Apostle Paul. I wonder if it was the last dance of Jesus Christ. And through scripture, we're able to kind of fix our eyes on what they were going through in their life and in their ministry you would have saw a different side to the apostle paul you would have saw that he was a man driven by completing a task and i'm not talking about the championship of the world i'm talking about the championship of winning people for jesus oh i'm so thankful for his life but this documentary series talked about how hard he worked He woke up early. He stayed late. And it was all because of winning a prize. But I want you to see how Paul talks about a different prize. He says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9, 25. He says, they, Jordan and athletes of today, amazing athletes. He says, they compete in the games to win a crown that will not last. He says, Paul says, But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone aimlessly. No. When we're going to run for Jesus, we got to keep our eyes fixed on him. Because I don't know about you. In this world, we got so many distractions. So many things that pull us off the race. I'm so sick and tired of focusing on issues that will not bring healing but issues that are, that are just bringing division and bringing destruction, that's only the work of the enemy. But I'm calling f- spirit-filled believers, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. And I believe he can fix our world when we do it. You know, the, the Bible says, what was Paul's focus? Paul's focus was in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. He says, my only aim is to finish the race to complete the task that he didn't say that the Lord Jesus has given us. He he didn't say uh, the task of my neighbor. Every single person listening in right now, every person breathing right now, your spiritual walk cannot just be based on what church you go to or who's your pastor. Pastors and leaders are called to equip you and train you so that you can run this race effectively and with power and conviction. Listen to what he says. Paul says, my task is testifying to the good news of God's grace. The life of Paul was all about testifying to the good news of Jesus. Testifying simply means to be a witness, to bear witness, to attest to Hear me, it is not our job, hear me, to save souls. Jesus saves, we testify. We must testify to this gospel. Our obligation must be to share Christ with others. Paul's life mission became testifying to the good news of Jesus. You know, someone once said, I can tell you what your aim is by looking at two areas of your life. Your bank account and your calendar. Your bank account, where you put your your treasures, tells me a lot about where's your aim. May it be said of spirit-filled believers, look at my calendar and look at my pocketbook. Look at my bank account. May it be to spearhead a movement within the kingdom of God, not the kingdoms of this world. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, if we're going to complete the race in which God has given us, the Christian race— It's important that we keep our eyes on Jesus. Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Bible says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Hear me. In the state that we're living in today, believers in Jesus, let's throw off racism. Let's throw off anger. Let's throw off malice. Let's throw off backbiting. Let's throw off gossiping. Let us throw off lust. Let us throw off envy. All those things do not produce fruit in your life. But the Bible is clear. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race that has already been marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of the faith. The Bible says, For the joy he set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. The Bible says, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that we would not grow weary and lose heart. Three basic truths and I'm done here. The first thing, if we're going to run this Christian race, we must first run with confidence. If you're watching in your bedroom right now or you're taking a jog or you're by the beach, I want you to say the word confidence. Come on. I want you to say confidence. Come on. That we are to run with confidence. Paul found encouragement in his race because of this spirit filled believer. Remember this. You and I never run alone. Come on, somebody. There's not one ever moment when you're a follower of Jesus than when God says, you're never alone. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Even in your darkest valleys, God said, I will be with you. You look at Daniel and the four Hebrew boys. Even in the midst of the fire, God said, I'll be there with you. Oh, I'm so thankful. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you and I do not face things alone. There are incredible men and women of God that have gone before us and have endured and who have finished the race one thing I'm thankful for is that I can look at Jesus and say, Jesus, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I'm so thankful that in Jesus I can say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm so thankful that in Jesus, I'm thankful that I'm on his team and he's on mine. Secondly, not only must we not, must we run with confidence, but if we're going to finish this race and keep our eyes on Jesus, we got to run with conviction conviction here's why because you're going to feel like giving up i see what's happening in our world and the enemy is screaming give up give up the good fight throw throw in the towel your your message the message of the cross is there's no power in the message the message of the resurrection it makes no sense in times like this i'm here to tell you that there's a conviction in my heart today church that the people of God, the world, needs to hear this message now than ever before. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, watch what Paul says again. The Bible says, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit. And there it is. I'm not sharing this message just from just, just from a whimsy place. I'm sharing it with deep conviction from who? The person, not the force, the person of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me and lives inside of you. God, give us a deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake, Paul says. This deep conviction keeps my heart ablaze. It keeps me in the race. Hear me. There's going to be times when you have ups and there's going to be times when you have downs. There's going to be trials along the way. There's going to be hardships along the way. There's going to be seasons of discouragement. You're, You're probably in it right now. But I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I can still run with conviction. Saying Jesus burn inside of me. In 1 Timothy, not your pastor. 2 Timothy, not your pastor. This is a name in the book of the Bible, so I like him. Chapter 1, verse 11 through 12, Timothy, as Paul is writing to Timothy, and I remember this is towards the end of Paul's life. And Paul was so driven and so focused. Can I ask you this question? You know that you lived effectively if you were able to reach out to people that were behind you so that they can follow your steps. And as you follow Christ, in other words, who's coming in after you? What legacy will you leave? As you run with conviction, Paul's legacy fell to a young man by the name of Timothy. And here's what he said of Timothy. He said, hey, Timothy, of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. And I am what? There it is convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until this day. When I got saved and gave my heart to Jesus, I entered into a different race. I once was running a race of greed, a race of selfishness, a race of pride, a race of significance, a race of money, a race of status, but this this race only ended in regret And disappointment but when jesus saved me he gave me a brand new start a brand new race and there was such a conviction that captivated my heart and it changed my life and it changes what i am about even in the midst of times like this i can still raise a banner and say it's you jesus that i follow this is my faith thirdly and lastly We must run with confidence. We must run with conviction. God, no matter what I have to do, I am convic- God, I am convict. I have a conv- a conviction in my heart to finish this race. I'm going to finish this race. But I must also run with compulsion. Compulsion. 2 Corinthians 5:14. What was was Paul's compulsion? We know his confidence. We know his conviction. You ought to have convictions in your heart. You must know what the Bible says. Conviction must come from reading God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us that gives us this conviction. Why? Truth gives us this conviction. But Paul changes up and says in verse 14, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore, all died. Here's my compulsion. Because he's been too good to me, I can't stop running. His goodness is greater than my past fears. His love is greater than my past failures and my, 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 my complacency. His power is able to keep me in this perfect peace when I feel like giving up. We share Christ because he's been too good to us. You know, sometimes in this race, you're going to get tired and weary. You'll fall down. But you at times would even get off track. But I'm so thankful for the good shepherd. I'm so thankful that I can open up my Bible that even when I get off, even when I trip in my race or I get tired and weary or overwhelmed by the things of this world, that I serve the good shepherd that's able to bring me in again. I'm so thankful that the Bible says about this shepherd. Oh God. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You, oh God, restore my soul. Man, we have a good shepherd. We share Christ because he's been too good to us. Our hurting and dying world needs to hear that every answer is found in Jesus. Come on, somebody. Every answer is found in Jesus. I'm so thankful that God's love was not just something he put on a not uh, 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 it, it wasn't a statement. But I'm so thankful that God's love was greater than a statement. It was demonstration. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us for he demonstrated his own love for us in this that while we were sinners aren't you thankful for a love that acts and i believe without a shadow of a doubt the body of christ not just needs to say we love you we need to demonstrate it over and over again here's why because this love is not carnal this is a deeper love it's a love that compels us to reach out you know in second timothy chapter 4 verse 7 through 8 is Paul was coming to the end of his life. I want you to see and read what he said. People, uh, theologians tell us that Paul was, was martyred for his faith. But I want you to see, in the midst of the, maybe his greatest, darkest season, he didn't give up. He said this I have fought the good fight. Here it is I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me. I love what Paul says there. You know, because at the end of his life, he could have got selfish. At the end of his life, he could have said, God, why me? At the end of his life, he could have complained. But watch this. The reason why he ran this race with such such excellence because he knew he wasn't running alone and he knew that people were going to come after him that needed to hear this message. You're running for something greater than yourself. He says this, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I don't know about you, but I long for the Savior. I long for his appearing, but when he's not coming on my time, I can say, God, give us grace to keep running in this race. Jesus, we trust you. Jesus, we need you. You know, maybe you're watching and you're saying, Pastor, I'm tired. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm weary. What's happening in our world? Oh, man, it's depressing. I tell you in Jesus' name, turn off the news and turn on the good news. Too often we're, we're being so filled with lies and we're getting torn by so many different things. Sometimes we need to turn off the distraction and turn into God's will and purpose for our lives. You know, someone's watching and you're saying, man, I, I need to, maybe you're watching and you say, I need to start my race today. You're probably watching and saying, I'm still racing for the world. I'm still running in a race that I know I shouldn't be running in. Maybe you're running a race of immorality. You're running the race of greed. You're running a race of payback. You're running a race of unforgiveness. You're running the race of lack of understanding, lack of knowledge, lack of obedience, lack of sacrifice, lack of love. Maybe you're running this race and here's what God's word is saying to you. Come join the different race. I'm not talking about the color of the skin. I'm talking about the race of the kingdom of God where all people are welcomed. This race, for God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son. I'm talking about the human race. God could have looked down from heaven with such disappointment and never sent the Savior, his one and only son. I heard this said before and I believe with all my heart that if you were the only one living, God's love is still radically and it still has the power to save you even if you were the only one. So maybe you need to make the decision right now to run this race. If you're going to run this race, you got to give up your own race. And by giving up your own race, you got to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. So if you're watching right now, I want to lead you in a prayer. Not my prayer. This is going to be your prayer. But of asking Jesus to start your race. We're going to ask Jesus to wash us of all of our sin and allow the presence of God to fill our hearts. And so if you're watching right now, I want you to do this right now. Say this with me right now. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, come into my life. Father, I give up my race. I give up my race of darkness. I give up my race of of, of living opposite your will. And Jesus, I confess with my mouth that I need you to come into my life jesus i give you permission change me take over my vessel holy spirit fill my heart god i need you right now i believe you died on the cross to take away all my sin but i also believe you rose up in three days So today I confess I need you. Change me. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I encourage you to reach out to this church, Shrewsbury First Assembly. They got all the links there. The prayer groups are there. I want you to reach out and tell someone you just gave your heart to Jesus and we'll rejoice with you. This is a wonderful church where you get spiritually fed. You have a wonderful pastor, leader, under shepherd that has the heartbeat of Jesus that will help you to grow in your faith. But maybe you're someone right now that you entered the race, but you got out of the race. And maybe God's using this message to get you back in the race. You once were saved when you were younger, maybe a child, maybe a teenager, maybe an adult maybe you were recently water baptized maybe whatever it is i don't know your spiritual background but you know you're not where you need to be either and what god is saying to you is this i see you and i want you back to serve in my kingdom god is not looking to throw people out of the family he has his arms open wide he opens them out wide and says oh he's for the backslider too and jesus wants to welcome you today so would you open up your heart and say jesus come Lord, I once was saved, but I recommit my life to you right now. I open up my heart to you again right now. Change me in Jesus' name. And maybe that's you. Maybe maybe you haven't been to church in a while. Maybe it's been months and weeks or years. God says, I see you and you're important. I believe that the Spirit of God wants to help you in your race right now. Would you open up your heart to Him? Come on, open up your heart to Him. Right as you're watching, come on, lift up your hands. The worship team's going to begin to lead a song. But right now, I just want you, it's just you and Jesus. Come on, just just give Him your heart. Come on, you got anger? Tell God, take my anger. Take 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 those things that are waging war against my spirit, God. And Lord, come and fill me again, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your love so that I may run with confidence, that I may run with conviction, that I may run with a compulsion from the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we cannot do this alone. God, I pray your presence upon your people. I pray, God, that the lies of the enemy will, will be washed away with truth in your blood, O oh God. Holy Spirit, remind us that you are good. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You lead us.